This is Self Care You with Scott, and on today's episode, we've been invited into the world of culinary arts with Mike McKay, the founder of 36 Kitchen and Lounge, owner of countless Reader's Choice Awards, but most recently the 2020 Diamond Award for the Best Restaurant, 36 Kitchen and Lounge mission is to provide their customers an exceptional dining experience while offering the highest standard of customer service. But all this wouldn't be capable without the leadership of my good friend Mike McKay. I think it's safe to say, growing up with Mike all through high school, we all knew what his passion was. While being able to complete his schooling and gain experience in the field, thanks to the OYAP apprenticeship, Mike became Red Seal certified by the age of 19. Just to put into perspective how huge that accomplishment is, the Red Seal certification is granted to those that demonstrate the knowledge required to meet the national standard. Mike did this at 19. He then went on to work for some of the nicest restaurants in the GTA. But something was missing. Mike opened 36 Kitchen and Lounge and started offering the community of Bowmanville a great dining experience at a reasonable price. Those who know the team at 36 also know about the numerous community contributions. When I asked Mike about this, his response was, we rarely turn down the chance to give back. Today we have a conversation about following our dreams from the age of 13, what it takes to master the art of cooking, community, and working through a COVID pandemic. This is Self Care You, and we're about to level up with Mike McKay and 36 Kitchen and Lounge. What's good, everyone? I appreciate you sticking around for another episode of Self Care You. Today, we're going to have an awesome conversation with head chef and owner of 36 Kitchen and Lounge, Mike McKay. You know, we're going to talk about restaurant life and charity, community, but really we get into COVID and its effects on local business. So let's just get into this conversation. Today on the show, we have an amazing community partner from 36 Kitchen and Lounge. We have Mike McKay. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Mike, you know, we've known each other for 20 plus years, whether it was nights at Simcoe Hall or playing high school basketball together. But one thing's for sure with everybody that knew you, we knew you had a passion for culinary arts. And I'm interested to hear about how that passion started. Just that central, went to Central Collegiate together, like you mentioned there, and high school basketball. But I also started cooking then as well. Started grade nine culinary class. And to be honest, it was between that and auto mechanics. Central was a very hands-on school, a trade school. And it came down to grade 11 where I had to pick one or the other. And to be honest, I like the teacher better for the cooking. So I stuck with the cooking and <laughs> that was really the, that was really why I did choose one, one or the other. I did like both. I like working with my hands. Right. Well, everyone who knows Mike knows, you know, about the high school days when we used to Friday, we'd go down to the kitchen and get the baked goods that he'd be, you know, that he made the day earlier, or even if it was just in the cafeteria, whether it was like chicken burgers and stuff, you always saw Mike in the kitchen. That's for sure. I know you're a top-notch chef, a great businessman now, and I'm really interested in hearing about your journey of becoming a Red Seal chef at such a young age. It's one of those things that's fairly rare, right? It is, yeah, and it didn't really uh, dawn on me how rare it was until recently, uh, now that I started actually teaching uh, culinary as well, and I, I teach the apprenticeship program myself, which is how I was able to do it so quickly. Um, so you do your first semester of college during your last semester of high school, so it's like a fast-track program. You have to also uh, complete your second year of college and get 6,000 hours of work. 
in the field. And I was able to accomplish that by uh, 19 years old. So I was pretty much working seven days a week and going to high school and going to college all at the same time. So it was, I felt exhausting then. And it was uh, a lot of tired, sleepless nights and early mornings, but uh, it was all worth it in the end. Yeah. Well, we hear from a lot of people on this podcast that, you know, in order to get what you need, what your goal is, you sometimes got to sacrifice, right? Sounds like you sacrifice sleep there and maybe a little bit of, you know, your younger years to get your goal of where you are now, but you're definitely obviously considered one of the better chefs in the, in our region for sure, maybe even in the province. And I'm interested, you know, you've created such an awesome atmosphere in the restaurant and obviously in the kitchen, it, I feel there can be a different type of atmosphere, but how busy does it get? Does it get crazy back there? Or? It does. And uh, that's the kind of the, after what I'm trying to take away from like when I opened the restaurant, I didn't want it to be, you know, open seven days a week, take, take, take as much as we can, be as busy as possible, run around like, you know, with a, like a chicken with your head cut off. We try, I try to eliminate that. Like we want a good busy, busy is fine, but we like a controlled busy. So it's not all about money, like as you know, most business people are just, you know, money, money, money. I, I want everyone to you know, enjoy themselves, the staff to be happy. It's not all it's not all about money for us. So, and it seems to be working out for us that like taking that mentality. Yeah. No doubt you're a staple in the community located in downtown Bowmanville, which has some great, you know, amenities and you know, whether it be coffee shops or obviously your restaurant. I'm interested to hear about, you know, three six kitchen and how you opened and kind of what that was like, what that process kind of was like when you were going through all the motions to get it open and the excitement, maybe some feelings that you're, maybe some anxiety that you might have been feeling, something along those lines. Uh, definitely a stressful time. Uh, I had talked with a friend of mine for years about opening something. We uh, randomly started talking after a couple of years of you know, pushing it aside and we started looking for places and it didn't take too long. Found a spot and we didn't agree on a deal right away. Uh, we'd actually just, you know, tucked it away. And the owner of that spot called us back a couple months later and just wanted to get the deal done. So from that point, it was fast-tracked pretty nicely for us. And we were uh, luckily that my business partner, his family was able to help us out getting started. That took a lot of the stress off as well. And my uh, family helped as well. It kind of took off running. We were, we were obviously stressed because you hear horror stories about restaurants not lasting six months. And we kind of took off running and haven't looked back. So it has... It's been nice not to stress about, you know, people walking through the door or customers or because any business, there's enough stress already, but we have a good following and we're very thankful for that. You guys have done great work in the community. Actually, one of the few restaurants or actually, I think it's one of the first restaurants to open up a patio or at least start that process in the community to have a patio so that patrons can come and have a different type of experience. The meals are unique when you come to your restaurant. Obviously, you contribute back to the community, whether that be the produce that you have, whether it's the beers on tap or the drinks that you have, things of that nature. And I'm really interested in what was the philosophy behind the concept of your restaurant? I also like to get tattooed and uh, I go to my friend in London and there's a spot there that's a little pub and they had you know, 50 different craft beers and a nice homemade food and a small little menu. And I just thought, this is, this is what I want. After uh, my whole uh, childhood, like growing up, once I realized I wanted to cook, I I wanted to open a sports bar and then you know, that kind of changed as I started cooking a bit nicer food. And then when I saw this place, I kind of want to, this, this is what I want. I want to support local and, you know, hopefully the local supports us as well. And it's been uh, very well received so far. Yeah, very much so. Tell me about the patio, how'd that process go? You know, I'm sure people love the ability to be out in the sun, have something to eat, have a good drink. 
it was it was funny when that came about because when we originally opened, we asked if it was possible to get those kind of permits, and they said absolutely not. And then they came to us a couple of years later with the idea, and we thought, okay, we ended up going with it. It was the, a pilot project from the uh, municipality, so they put a lot of work into it, made it quite easy for us. It was easy to uh, transition into having the patio. It's not the a biggest patio for us. It's about six tables, but it does does help, and it does people do enjoy it. Well, I know that sometimes when I drive down there and I see people dining, sometimes the traffic gets jammed up there, right? So you have people really getting eyeballs on your restaurant, right? So you're doing stuff for the community. And you've always told me that you're community minded and you have absolutely no problem giving back. So maybe you can highlight some of those community efforts that maybe 3-6 Kitchen and Lounge has made. Uh, recently, just a couple of weeks ago, we donated 10% of our Valentine's Day sales. We had a very successful Valentine's Day weekend. So we donated 10% of sales to the local food bank, form of their most needed items. So we worked with our one of our suppliers, helped put, us, put it together, and they sent a big order uh, to me, and we delivered it there. Uh, we sponsor two young girls to uh, do competitive dirt biking. We do uh, a lot of baseball teams, hockey teams. We donate all of our bottles. We go through. We have lots of empties, so we donate them all to different causes. Whoever asks, pretty much, if any you know charity asks, we, we don't usually say no to anybody. That's true. You know, I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. I coach basketball in this area. And when we were looking for some of those fundraising efforts or, you know, just get some funds so to take it easier on the players, you definitely stepped up and, and gave us an option to help out. And we all know what it's like to, you know, you played sports. I played sports as a kid. You got you know, a restaurant on your back as your sponsor. It's kind of, kind of feels cool in the sense that, you know, you always have that place that is looking out for you or at least offering you an opportunity to play or make it cheaper, right? So I commend you for that. Not too many businesses give back to the community, right? And that's something you definitely do. I'm interested though, does cooking ever just get boring for you? To be honest, I don't cook a lot anymore. That's, um, I have my chefs back there. Once, uh, like with through COVID here, like uh, I kept my whole kitchen staff on, tried to keep everyone employed. So it didn't leave much for me to do. So I really like, I answer the phone, pack the takeout bag, get the takeout ready. Uh, so yeah, I do. I actually miss cooking a little bit now. So. Oh, okay. Well, that brings me right to my question. You know, we have to talk about it, which is COVID and how it affected the restaurant and whether or not you were able to pivot to offer patrons another experience. But you clearly just said that you kept your staff on there, which is bigger than anything. You know, these are people's lives and they want to make sure that they can continue to work. And we hear about restaurants closing down left right and center so maybe you could kind of give us a perspective of what it's like for a restaurant a local business going through covid so the the day before they made the announcements where we had we went into lockdown i i had actually asked our wait staff if they were comfortable serving um, we had three full timers they they said they weren't so i actually closed down and said we were going to be strictly takeout which we were forced into the next day anyway so we made a quick transition. Uh, people latched on right away. We've been, our food sales are actually pretty much the same as they were being open. We're just, uh, we don't get the alcohol sales, which is, you know, about 35 to 40%. So our food sales are still really strong. People, and it's definitely, uh, been able, I've been able to keep my staff on because of it. And uh, the government has been helpful. I know a lot of people, you know, talk down about the government. I'm not going to get into politics, but uh, they have been very helpful for small business. I will say that uh, from my experience anyway. But no issue getting uh, the subsidies and grants. That's all been extremely helpful to the cause. And like I said, that's part of the reason why I kept my whole staff on. I know a lot of people cut down uh, to minimal staff and tried to uh, save money in that regard. But I, 
I kind of had faith that the government would come through with the wage subsidy like I talked, so I left the staff on. My whole kitchen staff is still there. Obviously, when we were uh, not open for dine-in, I had to lay off the wait staff, but they're, they are back now as well. It's been tough. It's not what we uh, want to do as a restaurant. Uh, takeout wasn't you know, part of our initial plan. We didn't do a lot of takeout. So you always wonder how the food's going to travel. Is it going to be the same? Uh, when you see some of the, the bills and the, you know, we, our food isn't like necessarily um, meant for takeout. You know, I don't right. Know. I get but, uh, I get what you're saying. Like, worry, but we've we've been it's been very well received, and that was stressful at the beginning. But we have a lot of good feedback on it. Uh, we haven't heard a lot of negative comments on it. We're thankful in that regard, and we were we're still trying to be creative. And I think the community is appreciative of that. Like we do, we did an Easter dinner, which we've never done. We did wine nights. We did uh, barbecue packs. We've done different takeout options. We changed the menu weekly. So I think people uh, show. People see the effort that we're still putting in and they're, uh, they're there to help. Yeah, very much so. I have a lot of friends in that area and definitely I hear all the time about your restaurant and I don't necessarily tell everybody about my connection to you. Obviously, you being my good buddy and knowing how the restaurant works, but I hear nothing but great things. The stuff you do in the community is, is well received. The night, you know, the little bit of a creative appeal to kind of adapt to people, whether it be, you know, Easter dinners or Valentine's days or anything along those lines. You know, I had my wedding there, uh, my wedding dinner, and it was very well received. People love the stuff you're doing and I commend you for it. But I'm interested as COVID continues on, what does the future have in store for three six? Having everyone back in the restaurant, it seems like so far away still. So we're, we're still focused on the takeout aspect. We try to do as much as we can in that regard. We're allowed 10 people in the restaurant, which is interesting to say the least, because it is, you know, we have people on time limits and, you know, you feel like you're kind of rushing them and it's not, we were there to give people an experience, you know, so we worry about that. That's kind of stressful. You know, if you feel like you're rushing somebody out and they're not getting a good experience. And then just the fact that um, we're only allowed 10 guests. So if people want to book on a Saturday night, it fills up so fast. And then there's just so many people that are, disappointed they can't get in we're in a business where we shouldn't be disappointing people but we feel like you know disappointing a lot of people right now because we just can't keep up with the uh, the demand and with the rules in place the way they are yeah and so many people want to just get out right want to get out for a nice meal whether it be an anniversary or just now it's just something massive just to get out and have dinner um, mm-hmm. you know, you said we have 10 spots open for people to come into the restaurant and enjoy the dining experience. And I know that's a little bit difficult, but it sounds like your staff have all been on board. Everybody's ready and adapting as much as they can, right? Correct. Yeah. It's, uh, they've all been great. So they've been there every day. You know, there's lots of rules they have to follow as well. And we have, we're held to a pretty high standard with the health board and sign-in sheets and screening and cleaning lists and and they've uh, they've taken that all on and you know, they haven't complained about it. So, I, you know, thankful for that. Well, it's because they see a good concept, my man, and, and what you're doing for the community by helping out and making sure that you're providing a good dining experience. I'm sure your staff see the hard work that you've put in and your vision. Mike, self-care you is about promoting positivity in our communities, no matter where it comes from. You know, these are people that are our friends, our families going through all the same junk that we're going through. And we're about you know, making sure that people hear what is good in our community. I guess I got this tough question for you. If you had a chance to chat with young Mike, what would you say to him as he starts out his career or trying to, you know, motivate him to continue with it? 
or even just could be anybody who's kind of on the fence of culinary arts. And it's not necessarily a sexy thing, you know, when you're in high school, but you found a path. What would you say to somebody in your shoes that was like you when you were younger? That's all it is. It's worth it in the end. It's hard in this uh, trade, especially when you, you see people in other trades and they're making very good money right off the start. And in culinary, it's, it's the worst money by far when you uh, are starting in this trade. So you have to, you have to gut it out. You have to love it. If you can make it through to the end, it is, you know, it is worth it. It's just, it's a lot, it is a lot of work. And I, like I teach culinary as well. And I see the young kids and it's a lot of them do get scared by the amount of work that goes into it. It's not an easy task. It's a lot of long days. It's uh, a lot of cuts and burns and getting screamed at by your chefs and you gotta, you gotta be tough, but uh, it is worth it. Right. That daily grind. And you know, it seems like because we've built this massive mountain with uh, all these chef shows and how they feel like it's, a, you know, respectable to yell at somebody or treat them differently. I, when I come into your restaurant, I never see that. I see obviously the respect that you have for your staff and creating a good environment so that they can make good product. And that comes out from the patrons coming or continuously coming to your restaurant. I'm interested in this. I know you're a golfer. We've been on the golf course many times and Sometimes I have this love for like a solid meal after I play around a golf. What would you say would be good 18 holes on a beautiful day, a couple of drinks passed around? What would be that meal that you want to get after your 18 holes? Got to be a nice steak dinner. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me, that's, what, uh, and that's why we do golf tournaments at the restaurant. We always have steak when people, when they come back for dinner. So that, that, to me, that's what you have to offer a nice round of golf. Yeah. It feels like a, a staple for sure. Well, Mike, listen, I appreciate your time. Why don't you get your contact information out there? You know, like you said, you guys are working really hard at making sure that takeout is an option. You have limited abilities to have people in the restaurant, but people are still coming. So why don't we get that information out to everyone they know how to get in touch with you? Yeah, so it's uh, 3-6 Kitchen and Lounge. We're downtown Bowenville. It's 36 King Street East. Uh, Website's uh, www.36kitchen.ca. Our updated menu is always on there. Phone number, everything is on the website. We also, we're heavily uh, on Facebook and Instagram as well. We post a lot, a lot of uh, specials and special wine nights. And that's all, all the information can be found on there. Come on, everyone. Let's get ourselves out. Let's support local business that's been continuously supporting our community time over time. Micah, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Mike for taking the time to chat with us today. You know, the COVID pandemic has hit local business like never before. And I think it's awesome that during our conversation, I heard Mike say that he's tirelessly working to keep his staff employed. If you plan on eating out, be sure to check out 36 Kitchen and Lounge. Visit 36kitchen.ca and support local business. You know, if you're looking to get in touch with us at the Self Care You podcast, feel free to reach out at selfcareupodcast at gmail or selfcareu underscore level up on Instagram. This is selfcareu and we definitely leveled up today with Mike McKay in 36 Kitchen and Lounge. Mm-hmm.